that was an arcade game, very relevant to our previous. What? Uh, Parappa, what, Parappa the, the Rapper? Yeah. Yeah, I remember Parappa the Rapper. I just don't know how, why it come up. <laughs> you just didn't think it was funny? <laughs> <didn't> <laughs> okay, all right. Well, that was not the, the issue. was not well, that. I didn't well, know well, what you meant. You know meant. what? You're fired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, hello and welcome to Masters of Our Domain, a podcast which is allegedly about the hit 90s sitcom Seinfeld and where we're all feeling very normal. Um, I'm Milo Edwards and I'm joined as ever by my co-host Phoebe Roy. Hello. That is all she ever says. And we're, we're joined by very special returning guest, re- repeat champion, um, co- correspondent on the on the uh, the bleak shores of the Canadian Northeast. Um, it is Dan Beckner. Hello. Hello and uh, thanks for having me. I uh, I'm actually I'm actually uh, in the American. I'm I'm right now on assignment in the American Southeast. Um, oh okay. Yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a compound in the center of uh, in the center of Mardi Gras celebrations here in uh, New Orleans. Now the U.S. government will have you believe uh, Dan Beckner <laughs> is uh, involved in playing a synthesizer. That's true. Yeah, you know, I've been in, I've been involved in like <laughs> synth noises. I, I love that Can synth because it sounds very sci-fi. Could, could you arrange us a spo- uh, kind of spooky synth Seinfeld? Theme so, tune? Can, is that something you can do? I, I could do that. Uh, I think I would need to record it. Uh, you know, I'd need to take a little time to put the arrangement okay, together. Okay. What I would yeah, need... Yeah, we, we love actually, to give Dan work. That's what, actually our favorite. What I would need is I would need the um, the synth that is playing the bass on, on the Seinfeld okay. theme song, which is a Yamaha mm. DX7, the much derided. Uh, okay. So uh, uh, if, you're, if you're stuck for something to get Dan for his birthday, that's... Uh, that's something you could think of. Send me a yeah, DM. If any of Dan's so friends or family are listening to this, and you're wondering, <laughs> what do you get the, man who, you get the man who has that everything? Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm involved in a really, really impressive and very long game of chicken. Okay. Um just just your uh, impression reminded me of it. And I think it's time to reveal it. I have no idea, not even the slightest bit, what people are referring to when they talk about the Zapruder film. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I genuinely don't know what that means. I've never known what it's meant. It's the film of Kennedy being shot. Oh, is that it? Yeah. yeah. I've, been, like pl- the, I've the been playing one. a real long game on this one. Mm. Oh, for fuck's sake. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Filmed by Gregory Zapruder. Yeah. Back into the is left. That, the inventor that, of the film. That's why yeah. it's called the Zapruder yeah. film. Yeah. It was just filmed by like just a guy. It wasn't even like an official film. It was like a tourist filmed it. It was like when people oh, first like saw when people first saw the Zapruder film. It was like when people first saw the first motion picture when they thought the train was coming right at them. They, they, <laughs> everybody in the theater ducked when they uh, because they thought they were going to get shot too. Oh, so like, did oh everyone, no, the president! Did everyone see the film and think, "Oh yeah, that's just one lone shooter"? Yeah, but then yeah. everyone saw Jackie Kennedy climbing out of the car and they were like, "Damn, though." Yeah. Where are you going with all that cake? Where are you? I'm so disappointed. It's suspicious that she's running off with all that cake. I'm so disappointed at, at that big reveal. Mm. Because I was expecting... Well, they weren't when they were watching the Zapruder film. <laughs> well. It was a big reveal. It was a big reveal. It's a big reveal. Don't, don't, I haven't seen the Zapruder <laughs> film yet. Don't, don't spoil worry. it for me. No spoilers. <laughs> I, I, so like I simply did not Serializing know. the JFK assassination, like he's being driven through Dallas, and then you hear a bang, and then it's like, next time on JFK. <laughs> oh, what's going to happen next week? Most boring bastards in the world are all listening to a serialized mm. podcast about it. 
Yeah, it's probably true. Yeah, I bet know. there is a podcast about the Zapruder film. There probably is, actually. Yeah. Mm. And now I know what it is. So that's yeah. just a, another little bit of a dreamlike wonder that has mm. been erased from my life. Because I know, I, know what, I know what that is, and I've yeah. seen it, and I just didn't know that the guy who filmed it was called Gregory Zapruder. It would be weird. Gregory, are you sure? Greg. I think Greg Zapruder. Greg Zapruder. Greg Zapruder. This is my that, friend that's, Greg that's Zapruder. That's the most American thing ever. It's like having an incredibly weird surname and like the most white bread first name you can imagine. Yeah. Zapruder. Yeah. Yeah. Zapruder. Mm. Okay. All right. Yeah. Should we talk about the episode? Mm. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we open we open with a bit. Um, we should note that um, this is season four, episodes twenty three and twenty four. It's yeah, a double. So this is so this is a big boy. So we're not going to do what it's we. A thick lad. Wait, it's a I thick, have a I have a confession lad. to make. Um, okay. So I, uh, I last night I was like, should I watch it now or should I watch it right before the podcast? Because uh, you know, because I want to keep it fresh in my mind. And I was like, oh, I'll watch it right before the podcast. So I got up mm-hmm. at about eight o'clock. And I made myself some coffee, and mm-hmm. I was shocked to discover that this was a double episode. So okay. I was like, "There's no way I have enough time to watch this." Okay, on- so you've seen half of it. No, I saw the okay. whole thing, but I watched it at double speed. And- okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, no, Milo does that as, all the time, as, as God intended. And yeah. what, watching Seinfeld, I've mm. watched. I mean, I've had to watch Corner Gas and Heartland at double speed for Bottleman mm. podcast. Which is fine because those shows are like uh, narcoleptically Very slow. slow. Movie. <laughs> Seinfeld yeah. at double speed is the mind eraser. It's uh, yeah, yeah. I listen to Phoebe's voice notes at double speed. Do you? Yeah, quite often. That's upsetting. That's Phoebe upsetting likes Phoebe likes to send a really long voice note. But the thing is, your I've voice got notes stuff are like to say. <laughs> the thing is, you send like a two minute voice note that takes four minutes because you love a pregnant pause. I do love a pregnant pause. Like you're the only person who, in a voice note, will go. Um. So yeah, it's because <laughs> I quite often send you voice notes while I'm like doing other stuff, and I can't multitask mm. very well. So, uh, like, yourself a woman. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no response to that. Look, buddy, I've never called myself a woman. Okay. So with so on double speed, like the wise cracks, mm. like really wise they're like mm. wizard cracks well it's it's anxiety inducing because the dialogue is so fast so and snappy the, <laughs> and the, uh, the the tension just gets ratcheted up and ratcheted up over the course of the episode and faster and faster dialogue until the end it's just i i yeah it, it was giving me uh was giving me a bad feeling <laughs> okay so so we've we've brought you in under a kind of state of stress and anxiety so the yeah. powerful sense of dread is going to permeate the discussion. Good. That's what. Yeah. That's what. We're, that's what we're after. Yeah. 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 Also, um, it's so nothing to do with recent events. I'm not uh, feeling. No. No, like, no. No. Of course. No. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Looming of course. sense. It's not because it's not because uh, the Navy base here in New Orleans has been fucking scrambling F-35s constantly for uh, two days now. So. No, God, I don't. I, I, I don't know what to say to that either. I'm afraid. I'm afraid I don't have a response. It's annoying. I'm here trying to write my little songs, you know. Uh, yeah. Trying to hone my craft and let uh, Dan write his little songs. That's my. That's my position. Yeah, we got uh, a lot of milita- circumstances. military hardware flying overhead. It's very distracting. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Jesus, it feels. Like, it feels like whatever I was about to say. <laughs> has kind of has paled into insignificance no, to, no, to, no. to an extent um what i was about to say is we're not going to do like a kind of blow by blow of every single thing that happens in this episode because the episode is an hour long and it will take forever 
Um, so we're kind of gonna we're kind of gonna do more of a vibes based thing, and you know, and kind of talk about the main beats and the main plots, and see what and see what goes on. But we are gonna talk about the bits, mm. I think. Like we'll talk about the bits. We always talk about. Yeah, we the always bits. talk about them. You we gotta talk, talk, about, talk the about the bits. But yeah, I was just, I was just saying, mm. Milo has returned. Milo left the room in a in a flounce. He just a, stormed a, a, a out what? in a kind of. He threw a tantrum, stormed what? out. I'm sorry, what? Mm. A flounce? No, he didn't. He what is a flounce? A flounce? Oh, do people? Oh, they don't say oh, that on that not, side of the pond. They not say flounce no. in Carnival. Like a flounce no. is <laughs> stormed out in Carnival. Flounce. It's a. It's a. It's a dramatic exit. <laughs> it's from the French flancé. <laughs> yeah, yeah, involving yeah. lots of physical flourishes and quite often yeah. like a head toss. Oh, yeah, well, it's so like a slightly like camp way yeah. of leaving a room. I like, flounce- yeah, you say that when you when you flounce. Huh. I could yeah. say yeah, I flounced my way to the crawfish boil. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's like how Bella Swan would leave a room. Uh. She doesn't flounce. <laughs> She does Actually, no, noise, she though. kind of does yeah. flounce. No, she kind of does flounce. Mm. She does, yeah. Good point. You can imagine doing it with like a kind of like an arm flap. An arm flap? <laughs> you kind of go like, and then leave a room, kind of flouncing. Yeah, that's a flounce. Quite a dismissive way of leaving a room. The, I've got semantic mm. satiation with the word flounce. It's starting to sound really weird in my own ears. So can we, mm. move, on? we move on <laughs> from the flounce. flounce. Um, I was just saying before you flounce. Mm. Uh, before you flounce, that we're not going to do a, Please, we're not going to do flounce. a kind of blow. <laughs> we're not going to do a blow by blow today because it's an hour long and it'll take forever. Cover cover version of before he cheats, but it's before he flounce. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, not sure what that would entail beyond beyond that. So we do open with a bit um, where Jerry Seinfeld is saying that uh, when we've gotten to the fear of success, we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel of fears. Mm-hmm. He's like, I recently read a survey that said uh, the number one fear in this country is public speaking, and after that is death. So at a funeral, you're better off being in the casket than doing the eulogy. Um, I think this is a good. I bit. think this is. I think this is a rare Seinfeld bit. It's not predicated on a mm. misapprehension. No. Uh, it's not a weird complaint. No. It doesn't read like he is... Not misunderstood um, anyone's job. It doesn't read yeah. like he is an alien reporting back to um, some kind of galactic council. No. I, I, well, it, it's sort of like um, he's like arguing against the Epicureans here. He, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they'd be like, well, death and, can't harm a man, and but like, maybe public quite, speaking and, could. And quite honestly, it's about time. About time those yeah. those fuckers going had someone take them to task. Like, you, you know what? <laughs> Lucretius, a man who has had it far too easy for far too long. That's right. And it is time yeah, that someone... white man that we're tired of listening to. <laughs> flouncing about. Titus Lucretius. Yeah, flouncing around with his ray room. Yeah, yeah to, and, and the natura <laughs> yeah, of it. His, yeah, with ray yeah. room. That's right, yeah. In media rare room. Um I have such a specific beef with Lucretius, which I'm not going to share. <laughs> I'm not going to share on my. That beef that you have with Lucretius is made up of tiny little seeds. Yeah. Which are kind of simulacra of yeah, that beef. Fucking Jerome. Fucking yeah. Jerome. I fucking hate that. Um, I wrote my dissertation on Lucretius. Did you? And um, as a result, I had to like write a translation of, of the whole thing and like make notes. And when I was writing this station, at some point, I was like going back through the notes just to check that I hadn't missed anything. And there was like a passage somewhere in book three where there was like 50 lines where I'd just written four question marks, something about worms. (laughs) (laughs) He was just going on about worms for like three pages. 
<laughs> no, no particular relevance to the point he was making. It was just like worms. They're fucked up little guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, I'll defend him on that point. Yeah. They are the fucked yeah. up little guys. Yeah. It's just out of that post where a girl's like, I, I, I asked my boyfriend if he would still love me if I was a worm, and he said yes. So now every time I see a worm, I say, I'm sorry, I can't be her. <laughs> That's funny. That's Lucretius. I tried to expand that out by asking George if he'd still love me if I was a warthog. And, okay. he's, and he said no. Oh. And I said, it's still me, just in a warthog's body. <laughs> Doing the podcast, but kind of like woofing it into the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I said, it's still me. And he said, but how would I know that it's you? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's just accusing him of being into bestiality, like goes to jail. No, no. <laughs> no, no, no. This is, this is my girlfriend. Like you don't understand. We have a soul a, bond. In the body of a warthog. <laughs> <laughs> is it weirder to fuck a warthog in your body or you yeah. in the body of a warthog? Uh, well, exactly. So I then asked... A woman with the mind I of then, I then asked if we, if we swapped bodies, me and the warthog, and I asked <laughs> me, but with the spirit of the warthog, would he still love mm. me? And he said yes. You, he said yes. You're conducting a cruel and unusual torture of this man yes. over a protracted timeline. <laughs> this uh, this podcast is a document of the sick mind of Phoebe Roy and the things she puts George through. I brought this up when we were just about to go to sleep as well, and I successfully turned it into an argument. <laughs> you don't understand. She goes into her pen and she takes her hooves and she draws. Uh, she communicates me, to me through symbols. She draws in the mud. It's her. <laughs> he's not only fucking a warthog, he's fucking a warthog who's sort of possessed by some kind of demonic entity. That's right. Yeah. A warthog Gundam. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Being driven by a small devil inside. Yeah. <laughs> that, the devil is me. A little That's Japanese right. devil. That's a devil who is Japanese. That's yeah. not um, <laughs> not me saying that Japanese people are devils. That's, no, that's a crucial... no, thank you for the clarification. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you give me a look that just provokes me to clarify something where I'm like, I'm not even sure if I needed to clarify that, but I, I have I now. don't think you did. I'm just, I'm just looking at you receptively and politely as befits one este- one's esteemed co-host. <laughs> Technically, it's your show and you failed to control me. Read the small print on your contract. Um... Uh yeah yeah so we we cut to the apartment where uh Kramer and Jerry are discussing how Kramer wants to play Kramer in mm-hmm. the sitcom Jerry which Jerry and George have been writing something that is absolutely great about this entire episode is like how incredibly incredibly bold it is um and how like it de- like it completely like dares you to mm. like re- like dares you to respond to it which is quite something for a network sitcom from 1995 so like the running 92, thread I think 93. Like, 90, you know, 92 or 93 I, th- I looked mm. at the date because I, w- I had the same after I finished watching it I was like when does what, when what this year is out? this yeah mm. um but yeah, it is one of the best episodes of this show. Yeah, it's su- it's such a good episode. But like the running thread throughout it, where people kept saying like, "Why is Jerry playing himself in this pilot? He can't act." And it and like like it's incredibly cool. I think to just just stick that in to your show, just like, look, we know he can't act. We know it, and also we we're like we're saying it, it. we're saying it, yeah. and you love it. You warthogs. You're gonna keep you're gonna keep drinking this garbage. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so I love that as a I love that as a kind of through line. Um, I I like I love I love how meta it is, and like mm. the way it like exposes 
how like network television works and how it is all bullshit and everything about it is bullshit. And I think it's really good. Mm. And just, you know. Something a lot of people could stand si- to internalize. Si- simply not, not seeing it on Friends as a, as, a, as, a, as a method. Yeah, you don't want to be. As a method of narrativization, method friends. of storytelling. They could never. They couldn't do it. Like, I know I'm technically under, under a ban from mentioning Brecht, but it's very Brechtian. Are you under a ban from mentioning yeah, Brecht? For, yeah, from you. Do you guys have a Brecht ban going on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When did said, this come in? You said I wasn't allowed to mention Brecht again. That seems kind of counter-revolutionary. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's counter-revolutionary. <laughs> Look, this is a Bertolt-free zone. Yeah. No, this is the No Bertolts podcast. <laughs> it, uh, did you guys you guys uh, defined Brecht as deviant art, right? That's that's what happened. He here. did. I that's didn't. right. The fairy I just want to make website. that clear. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Who else would have would have did, placed me under a Brecht ban? I don't know. There are probably quite a few people in your case. I mean, you're the woman who started an argument with your boyfriend about would he fuck you if you were a warthog? No, was- no, no. Would he still love me if I was a warthog? It's implied, Phoebe. It's implied. <laughs> <laughs> you just sort of become a pet. It's there, just patting you on the nose, you know, feeding you tripe or whatever it is they eat. What, warthogs. Warthogs don't eat tripe. Why would a warthog eat tripe? Don't sort of don't sort of swine eat more or less anything. Yeah, yeah, but like they can, but I don't think they would necessarily choose to. I think warthogs are vegetarians. <laughs> They're like fussy they? eaters. Yeah, that's right. It's notoriously warthogs uh, are fussy indeed. eaters. I think hmm. warthogs are functionally vegetarian, aren't they? Functionally vegetarian. Yeah, yeah like, what, what are the like big I eat meat when I go home for Christmas, but like most of the time. Yeah, <laughs> hmm. exactly. Yeah. Like they can digest meat, but they—that's not what. Trying to be not vegan, like, but it's pretty hard on the veldt. It's not the main bulk mm. of their diet. Right. There are no warthogs on the veldt, are there? <laughs> where, I don't are, know. Where, where are warthogs from? I think they're. Do I even know what a there, warthog is? There are is? definitely warthogs in Africa. I'm pretty sure. I'm yeah. not sure exactly where in Africa. Am I thinking of boar? You might be thinking yeah. of wild boar. I'm thinking well, of boar. Wild almost boar. anywhere you get them in Europe, even. I know you do. Mm. They're really cool. Yeah, and delicious. Hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't eat a wild boar. But then again, I don't eat well, meat. Well, so you're, you're, <laughs> so you're also somewhat religiously forbidden from doing so. Uh, uh, yeah, only if you keep kosher, which I don't. Okay, you don't eat pork, though, do you? No, but I don't eat meat. But you eat chicken. I don't eat red meat. Right. What okay. What's the issue there? That's like that's. I uh, mean, is pork red meat? That's uh. Yes. Wait, is chicken vegetarian? Are, are you? Hmm, maybe this is proving my Romanian friend's grandmother right, that chicken is uh, fine for vegetarians. Chicken is not fine for vegetarians. It is absolutely not fine for vegetarians. For, for Greeks, anything below lamb in colour is vegetable. Yeah, yeah. Well, this, Ambulatory this, vegetable, li- the chicken. That's literally yeah. what I got told on my French exchange when I mm. told them that I didn't eat meat and they said it's not meat, it's ham. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it comes from the ham to you. Yeah, if yeah. it's not like, if it's not like it's staring not me, at it's you, ham. it's not meat. <laughs> Fantastic. The French. Great stuff. Um, yeah, uh, we then see Elaine and, and uh, Russell Dalrymple at a restaurant where he's begging her to come back to him. He's saying, Elaine, I can't get you out of my mind. She's and like, she... Is distracted by a bowl of bar snacks. She is, yeah. Mm. She is. Fair play. I love her. And I then, love her so then we then we just get this trope of throughout the episode, Elaine can't understand why he's so obsessed with her, and it's like I understand. Elaine. Yeah, we all understand. She's Let just, me explain it to like, you. She's just mm. being coy. She knows why. Mm. 
And even like even Costanza admits it. He says, "Yes, this is your fault. You're very charming." Mm. She is. She's very charming. Yeah. The Russell storyline <laughs> ends in a in a dark way. Oh yeah. It's a dark. It's a dark. And my my lord, what we get there? Dark finish to the Russell Dalrymple storyline. Um. So back in Jerry's apartment, there's a phone call for Kramer. George is wearing sweatpants, and Jerry's mocking him for it. Says uh, it's Kramer, uh, akin to giving up. It's like you wear says again yeah. with the sweatpants, yeah. I'm miserable, I'm so I may as well be comfortable. What, you? I'm not wearing sweatpants now. No, you're not. You've got a nice pair of cords on. Yeah. I yeah. feel like that doesn't apply now. Like, you can wear sweatpants now. You can buy very expensive, very tech-out sweatpants. Yeah, and, but they're yeah. still sweatpants. Yeah, I'm wearing yeah, corduroy, I, I'm the fibres of the king. Corduroy's not the fibre of the king. <laughs> Corduroy is the fiber of Radio Four. <laughs> yeah, because French is Roy is French for Radio Four. That's right, Roy Radio Quatre. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, you've got a very nice jumper on as well. Is that new? It is new. Yeah, yeah. my mum bought little, it for me. Little sage green Alessi, very nice. Yeah, but yeah, my my mum's bought me quite a, quite a cool jumper. Yeah, I know. Sue Sue's coming in hot. Yeah, with fair, the, pl- fair play, Sue. Yeah, she might be. She might be sixty-seven, but she's not out of touch. There we go. Shout out to my mum. <laughs> Shout out to Sue. <laughs> respect to my mum. Thank you for the jumper. Always respect to my mum. This is the McElroy podcast now. <laughs> Keeps me in cords. It's nice. <laughs> Keeps me in cords. Um. Yeah, the Radio Four Trouser Choice. Yeah, uh, Kramer uh, d- uh, rejects a call from NBC because he's talking on the phone, so Jerry will call him back, and then Jerry's like. You can't do that. It's my house. Jerry calls them. They're doing the casting for the pilot tomorrow. Um, we then see Georgia is therapist having an argument about whether or not he has a tumor on his lip. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. like, you tumor. Yeah. It's white. Yeah. And she says, I checked that out. I get that checked out, checked out. And his argument is that his therapist's job is to make him feel better. So she shouldn't mm-hmm. tell him to get him, get it checked out, which I think is, is insane. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm kind of with George on that one. He's paying her to. Uh, you know, make him have less anxiety, feel more comfortable. Uh, she's not a medical doctor. What is she? But then he shouldn't have shown it to her. Yeah, the job of your therapist is to challenge your privilege mm. and your own prejudices. You know, no, the job of your George, therapist George is just to yawn whenever you tell them your problems and say, "Yeah, well, that's just capitalism," and then, and then that's it. <laughs> that's and the great it. thing about that's that is you can hire works. anyone to do that. <laughs> yeah. You don't even need a you don't even need a qualification. Yeah, you only really need a tape yeah. recording, actually. Have yeah. you ever thought that you might be uh just like like just under a cloud of, of uh constant anxiety and depression because uh, you're alienated from the means of production? Oh yeah. Mm. No, I did think that. You're you know, you're you're right, you're right. I'm gonna go away and have a good hard think about that. You, yeah. you know, you I'm could actually do. credited from you the could, means of you production. Sell, the therapist like, prescribed me all volumes of capital. <laughs> <laughs> you could sell like a great therapists, <laughs> mm. couldn't you? Well, where you put a little fake heart inside them? No, where you like record it saying, like saying kind of some aphorisms. How does that make you feel about your mother? Yeah, and then you just put the bear in a seat. We're going to acknowledge that feeling and let it go. Yeah, <laughs> that's not what therapists the say, bear. but okay. <laughs> Yeah, but like a but like a builder therapist bear. I know, I've never been. To and, then you, and then you uh, have you not? Uh, <laughs> look, I'm white knuckling my own sanity, and that's how I like it. I went to I went to therapy 
uh, when I was a kid and then took a long break from therapy and then went to therapy uh, a couple of years ago. And the you're ther- just like smoking cigarettes as a nine year old in a therapist's yeah, office. Yeah. <laughs> and the, therap- <laughs> uh, the therapist that I went to most recently mm. uh, <clears throat> at one point uh, said that I was a silver tongued devil and then. <laughs> oh, I and, like that. And then retracted it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and then Can was you say like, that again into this mic. <laughs> and then was like, "Have you ever listened to Esther Perel?" And I was just like, "Thank you very much. Goodbye." Oh, oh what a yeah. <laughs> what a finisher! What a one-two punch! Just <laughs> incredible. Who's Esther Perel? Um, Esther Perel is like she's like a journalist. I think she is a qualified therapist as she well. Is, who, oh, she is. Yeah, yeah. Who does she's like, like a, uh, who does like a kind of like kind of. It's, is it like a kind of like a kind of audio series about? She does like couples therapy, but therapy. she's she's sort of at the top forefront. The thing about recommending she's like Esther, a celebrity therapist. That's the thing. Oh, so okay. Esther Perel, not not I'm not she's shitting like on Phil. not shitting on Esther Perel. Um, it, but like to pay someone to ask you if you've heard of literally the most famous therapist in the world, and mm. be like, you should listen to her podcast. Is, yeah, I'm not like I'm yeah. not paying your you therapist for that. should not be recommending you podcasts. If anything, they should be recommending that you don't know what a podcast is. Yeah, yeah. they I, should be know, saying what's a podcast. Then, then yeah. you know that your therapist is healthy. Yeah, you, I, you don't like you don't want like a doctor who's like sneezing all over you. I feel mm. like you have a lot of uh, things to work out. I'm going to recommend um, for three to four episodes of Come Town. Uh, <laughs> 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 you should go and see the great, the, the great clown Halkias. He's in town. He's a he's an adorable little scamp. But doctor, but doctor, I'm Adam Friedland. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Is that someone from Come Town? Yeah, he's in, yeah. Okay. yeah. See, I'm too mentally healthy to know what that means. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Oh, you you've yeah. got to try Come Town. Changed my life. So, no, I'm not mm. going to do that. Yeah, you got to it. balance your chakras. Totally non-functional until someone prescribed me come town. Mm, that's right. I like to balance my chakras. Yeah, they're necessary. They're all out of whack. That's that's right. Um, and uh, yeah, so then they're in. George's in a taxi with Jerry, and him and Jerry are debating whether or not she should get the thing checked out. And then the taxi driver is like, "Yeah, that looks weird. You should definitely get that checked out." And then he's yelling at a homeless guy who's trying to clean his windscreen, being like, I don't want that. And then the homeless guy is Joe Davola. <laughs> That's and right. Out. Yeah, crazy freaks, Joe Davola. Freaks out. Mm. Like, you don't get told what the presumably tragic reason is behind mm. Joe Davola now being homeless and cleaning windows. Mm. Um, but you're presumably supposed to think that something has gone on between him showing up at the opera. Elaine Elaine distracted his therapist with that too good pussy. Yeah. And it set him on a chain of a spiral. Chain of tragic events. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. quite Kmart realism mm. straying into that. Yeah. That as a because you, you never find out, do you? You never find out exactly what happens after Jerry and Elaine find themselves trapped in the opera with mm. Joe Devola dressed as a clown. You never find out. Mm. So something takes place. Something (laughs) takes place, which presumably loses his deal at NBC, Mm. and now he's yeah. Uh, He's he's a squeegee punk. He now he's a squeegee punk. He starts a band uh, that kind of sounds like Crass, but they put their own Mm. spin on it. 
it, it resulted in a dangerous stalemate in the course of which um, eventually the FBI had to pump a kind of weaponized fentanyl through the uh, ventilation system of the theater, uh, which knocked out oh Joe Devola and all of the audience members, but actually killed many of them. <laughs> in the process and then there was a huge cover-up to obscure what mm-hmm. the mystery gas was and why it was used yeah, yeah that's right that's yeah r- that sounds right yeah that's right before they uh, detonated jerry's apartment block that's right yeah and some say that it was a deliberate fbi false flag operation yeah well de- to like, cement de- the clinton like- administration <laughs> 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 well, Devola, That's how um, we got 20 was... years, 30 years of Clinton reign, you know? Yeah. The, the autocracy yeah. of the Clintons. <laughs> Clinton, they had to do the opera, like... uh, the opera operation and then, and then blow Whoa. up that apartment building, you know? We're going to have to denazify Russia. <laughs> and uh, I'd like to say to our colleagues in the East that, uh, you know, if they were to engage with us in good faith... <laughs> This is a very involved satirical bit, which requires knowing Quite a lot involved. of niche Russian history from the 90s. <laughs> Joe Devola was actually contacted by someone from the FBI who said mm. that they were like a genius bomb maker yeah. and they could pre- make like precision bombs, which would just take out mm. stand-up comedians and no one else. Yeah, that's right. Um, I saw a good post about Seinfeld the other day and I've forgotten what it said. Oh. Nope. Oh, yeah, no, no. It's like it was something along the lines of something along the lines of it's a really like accurate reflection of what it's like to be a stand up comedian because like your three closest friends just don't give a shit. Yeah. 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 yeah, That is true. Is that, can you, can you relate to that, Milo? Is that, uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I come to see you. Yeah, you do actually. Yeah, you are, you're unusual in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. I'm loyal. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike, unlike these hoes. (laughs) Unlike these hoes. Um, yeah. I am loyaler than a hoe. What I, what's actually weird about being a stand-up comedian is then that people that you know peripherally are like really into it, but your friends are like, you know, they're going to be they're going to oh, be sick of that again. shit. And I understand that's, it because I am sick of it. No, that's but the same like, as being a musician. I, oh, I feel okay, like yeah. so your 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 inner circle is just like you. You reach a point if you're friends with someone for more than I'd say five years, you're you're not going to be like, uh, yeah. So I, 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 they're like, oh, you recorded another album. Good for you. You know. Cool. <laughs> They're not coming to your shows. What are you recording an album for? Hang out with a bloke. Fortunately, exactly. I like to surround yeah. myself with people who are in just in just in abject awe of me. So it doesn't matter yeah. what I do; they they'll still think it's cool. Even if you became a warthog, even like, if fuck, I became maybe a I should become a warthog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, it, what, who do you think started the uh, the warthog trend? Mm. They're me. calling it warthogging. <laughs> yeah. Are your children doing it? <laughs> Children on TikTok are becoming warthogs. More than 11. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. We cut to the, a meeting at NBC. Uh, one of the execs is checking George's lip. Uh, Russell Dalrymple's missing. Um, and there's like a cool guy comes in to audition for the part of Costanza. And Costanza's immediately like, yeah, this guy. And everyone else is like, no. No, not right. This is like a good looking, charming guy. This can't be right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second guy comes in who's like bald and awkward and everyone's like yeah and Costanza's like no and then he says that he like he's come from his podiatrist because he has gangrene in his foot um, and then he's like so how am I playing this guy is he supposed to be a loser and then Costanza starts yelling <laughs> no no he's not a loser <laughs> this is this is very dangerous thing about having a character based on you you, know? mm. you don't want to be perceived like that no I don't uh, want to be perceived at all mm, that's right. by anyone yeah and uh, I'd, in the, I'd prefer to be a, a vapor. 
in do the sitcom of the show. Do not regard or perceive me. <laughs> do yeah. not regard me. Do mm. not ascribe me solidity. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a mist. <laughs> do not allow. Shaped like a warthog. Do not allow the phenomena and uh, and simulacra <laughs> of my existence to be, uh, you know, constructed in your own mind. Look, I am the shadow on the cave. Mm. That's right. You're not even allowed to look at the cave wall. No. You have to look at the fire. Yeah, mm. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and uh, and then someone comes in to read for Elaine, and she's hot. So yeah. Jerry, of course, wants to read with her. I love that one of the key through lines of this entire show is just that Jerry Seinfeld loves pussy. He does. Yes, yeah. he does. Undeniable. Yeah, an accurate, uh, an accurate read of Jerry Seinfeld. I really, I really enjoyed the crypto Kramer's uh, scene. Yeah, and that's just fantastic. Yeah, nice, yeah. Little, nice little kind of Kramer montage. Yeah, they're all coming in the door trying to do the Kramer entrance. Kramer's plot line. Um, in this whole episode, apart from him wanting to play Kramer, mm. uh, and yeah, and then the kind of the marvelous, mm. mar- marvelous meta interaction of him saying, "But you can't act," and Kramer being like, "So," mm. uh, which is it's just yeah, it's a, uh, it's it's just so good. Um, but Kramer's whole plot line is about him being constipated. You can't poop. Mm. The man cannot and- poop. And also, yeah. he's got like psychosomatic constipation. Like he's got psychosomatic right? constipation, and it's so atonal with the rest of the show, and not mm. just like the rest of the episode, like the the entire whole show. There's this like really like base like toilet humor. Like, there, what's it yeah. doing there? It's so weird. Well, there's like that gag that they insert right after the uh, the casting where Kramer's like. He's like, where's the bathroom? Runs to the bathroom, and then is just like trying to find a bathroom in New York, you know. And it, yeah. and it ends up with a sort of long shot of like Central Park. You just yeah, see it's actually a fascinating around. comment on the paucity of uh, public toilet uh, facilities. Exactly. Yeah, um, it's actually very radical in its commentary on urban planning. Yeah, yeah if Seinfeld right. was set in France, uh, you would not have that problem. If Seinfeld was set in Barcelona, uh, you would not. Have mm. Yeah, it's just Kramer's being chased by bulls while needing a <laughs> Spanish version of this. Mm-hmm. Um, next episode of Seinfeld where Kramer's trying to have a nap on a park bench and is trawling all over uh, New mm-hmm. York to find one without armrests on it. You know those um, metal chairs in the Twittery Gardens in Paris? They're just there. In the Twittery Gardens? The Twittery Gardens. Oh, the Twittery Gardens. Twitter yeah, gardens. where you go to post. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the posting garden. Yeah. It's like the um, Cafe du posting. The left bank. That's where all the great posters got their start is the Twittery Gardens. Yeah. Le Fondant du, du Retui. That's why it's called the Reeve Gauche, because everyone's <laughs> gauche. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, can yeah, I finish yeah. what I was on, saying on the about the, reef, the fucking, the the fucking gardens? Parlor, yeah. Yeah, can I finish what I was saying about the, yeah, the, please do. the gardens? Mm-hmm. So they have these like like metal chairs for people to sit mm-hmm. on and they just like take them away at night and put them back in the morning and no one ever steals them because they're just like there as part mm-hmm. of the kind of like the fabric of the park. And I just think that's just, just the most un-British thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Mm. Because there would just be some way of making those chairs as basically unusable as possible. Yeah. Well, when I when I lived in Moscow, shortly before I left, they opened up a new park in the city, which they'd spent like millions and millions of dollars on, called called Zayadze. and um, they had put planted all of these like rare trees in it, and like laying all this like fresh new turf and stuff, and um, 
literally like everything in this park like uh benches and like anything that could possibly have value or be stolen was like bolted to the fucking floor <laughs> because they know what russians are like right but they thought but no one is going to steal a tree or the grass wrong <laughs> literally <laughs> within 24 hours of it being open someone had stolen almost all of the turf and most of the trees and they were all for sale on russian ebay <laughs> yes i love that i love the idea of rolling up in like uh in like uh you know whatever the Russian version of a Ford Econo line is and uh, <laughs> rolling up the turf and throwing it in the back. Oh, it's absolutely. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You've got like a fucking gazelle and then you're there yeah. just throwing <laughs> yeah, turf yeah. in the back of it. Anyone want to buy some grass? <laughs> Look, turf can fetch a pretty price if it's, mm. if it's well, well kept. Mm. I don't know what I mean by that quite. I'm sort, of, like, like I'm sort of making that sound like it's very kind. kind of portentous, but I don't... I, I, I don't think it is. People love a bit of well-kept turf. Well-kept well kept turf. Yeah, I don't know what I mean by that. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, well, well-kept turf is a way of describing a lot of um, politicians' wives in this country. Oh, oh hey, <laughs> whoa. Well, hey. <laughs> um, you can't see me, but I'm dabbing. Yeah, that's right. Doing a little dab. Um, uh, yeah, so yeah, Kramer, Kramer's having his, his shit incident um, at the cafe. Uh, Elaine uh, is asking Jerry who's playing Elaine and he makes up something about how it's an Eskimo. Yeah. Um, I think this is funny. I think like, yeah. I think um, this episode has for whatever reason decided to be like Jerry's gas leak episode and he just starts <laughs> like behaving in quite like a kind of surreal and inexplicable way. And Gas leak girl keep gate boss. Yeah, that's right. And he starts, yeah, he starts... Whenever anyone asks him a question, he kind of answers more or less at random, mm. and um, and I, I like it. I like yeah. surreal gas gasly Jerry. Yeah, yeah, it's Bring good. Back. Yeah, yeah. What's the what's the deal with my eyes? <laughs> <laughs> what's the deal with everyone in this room being purple? Yeah. <laughs> what's the deal with me hearing the voice of God in my own head constantly? <laughs> right. So they're discussing the, the, her date with. Uh, Russell and she's like, "Am I really that charming and beautiful?" And Jerry's like, "No, don't lie, Jerry. He's I don't try, care how much of a gaslight he is. Yeah, Shiny wants to get back in there. He's trying to neg her as mm. a setup for what happens in the next episode. <gasps> mm. Spoilers. Mm. Welcome then, to Phoebe's spoiler corner. And then Phoebe's complaining about the the, the big titted waitresses. Elaine is complaining. Sorry, Elaine. <laughs> it's easily <laughs> easily confused. I've um, never complained about a big titted waitress. I love a big titted waitress. Come over here, Tregal. And then yeah, I like very angry gently, about the big gently rest my cheek upon the big titted waitresses. Yeah, this is when you find out, and and again another slightly atonal and weird thing, and I don't sort of don't really know mm. why it's there. And you find out that, and again, this is mentioned very obliquely, and it's never mm. brought up again. That Elaine is apparently part of some like like radical feminist like pressure group organization. Yeah, she's and in you, femin. And you yeah. never yeah, ever she's in Pussy Riot. Hear of this. She plays bass. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> she's the founder of Pussy Riot. It's around the right time. Mm. Um in America they'd have to call it like vagina riot. They wouldn't have been allowed to call it that. They'd have to call it crotch riot. Crotch riot. <laughs> genital riot. <laughs> non specific genital riot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh there was a punk band in Montreal back in the early two thousands called the uh, Vaginal Croutons. I just, mm-hmm. I just, I was oh. just reminded of that. That's a horrible thought. It is. Yeah. It is. Imagine you're yeah. going to a show and it's vaginal croutons opening for George Washington. 
you know? Yeah, if you're like <laughs> establishing croutons, then it's time for a trip to the doctor. I think. Vaginal croutons opening for vaginal Caesar dressing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every punk band in Montreal began with vaginal. <laughs> that was the rule. <laughs> you got vaginal chicken, you got vaginal lettuce. Mm-hmm. Still, <laughs> to very get your much Montreal on the, on the punk same, name by the taking the word category. vaginal and, and an ingredient a of a Caesar salad. 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 Okay. They called it the vaginal end. anchovy. They called that it the end of history. Everyone was naming their band vaginal this and vaginal that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the end of her story. Yeah, so it doesn't it like this this does not make sense, particularly since it feels like a weird rehash and repeat of um Elaine's objection to uh Gail Cunningham yeah. and turning up in her low cut dress to prove that she's also a big titty yeah. girlfriend. Yeah. But like the issue there was not that she like objects to large-breasted mm. women. The issue is that she They're was being big. Unfavor- Get rid of them. <laughs> she's being unfavorably like compared, Dis- discriminated against, and compared. Yeah, yeah. and mm. like, and and also like Elaine gets kind of dragged into it against her will with like determining whether or not Sidra's Sidra's breasts are fake. It's like, mm. like I feel like a lot of people are projecting. Mm. like big titty animus onto Elaine big where titty. she has none. You've got big dick energy and then <laughs> she, you've got... She has big no titty big animus. titty animus. Mm. She's a live and let live when it comes to titties. Yeah. That's anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, and then they yeah, have I a think debate. the storyline is stupid. I don't know why it's there. It's dumb. She's like, oh, it's hard. It's hard for ugly women. And then Jerry's like, you think it's easy for ugly men? Um, which, mm-hmm. you know, no one likes... No one just, people don't like ugly people. You know, that's how it is. Uh... Cut to the doctor's <laughs> office. George is being examined. The doctor's saying, I've never seen anything like this before. We're going to have to take a biopsy. George is freaking out. Jerry's apartment. To be fair, though, when a doctor says that they don't know what it is they're looking at, that's, like, that's genuinely one of the most horrifying things to hear. Has this well, ever happened to you? It's one of these things where it either means that it's like something terrifying or it's, it's something like something like so innocuous. Nothing. Like, oh, sorry, no, that's an M&M that's stuck has to this your a, face. Has this ever, that's happen- why has this ever happened to you? Yes. Um, yeah, sort of. Um, what I, happened? I was playing a show in uh, Ljubljana in um, mm-hmm. the old Yugoslav military uh, barracks, uh, mm-hmm. which, which were seized after like the brief war of success, uh, secession. Classic Dan Beckner hangout destination. Yeah. So this, the barracks have been turned into a uh, multi-venue, uh, I'd say like autonomous zone squat called uh, Metal Kova. And I was playing in one of the venues there. And the show was going great. And I got pulled off the stage during the last Slovenian for vaginal anchovy. (laughs) Exactly. And I fell. Uh, I was pulled off the stage. I thought there was Mm going to be some crowd surfing, but, uh, you know, I, uh, I hit the deck and broke my, like shattered my ankle. Um, this Western imperialist expects us to catch him. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Crawled back on stage was, uh, taken out on a stretcher. Uh, luckily it was the last song. Went to the hospital. Uh, they cut my boot off, and uh, the I the, I was in immense amount of pain. And the doctor told me everything is going to be fine. And then in Slovenian, he and his colleague looked at my ankle and said, "Not good. This is bad." 
yeah yeah that's bad i was like i understand what you're saying like (laughs) 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 i understand what you're saying on the head with a big hammer (laughs) yeah so they they x-rayed me but at that moment i was just like this fucking sucks like i'm not gonna get a straight answer in english out of these Mm -hmm. guys this is like more or less like literally happened to me you know the um you know that weird patch of freckles i have on my rib Funnily enough, no. <laughs> I've shown you this. <laughs> we're doing that weekly rib examination. <laughs> weekly rib examination. It's like to mole map mole each check. other yeah, before every I've episode. I've definitely shown this to you because I was showing... Because I, I was showing... A window into our friendship for the <laughs> I listener. Was, I was showing you where i torn my intercostal muscle. Mm. Anyway, so years... Intercostally? Yeah, that's right. So years ago, I tore an intercostal muscle, which fucking hurts, by the way. Yeah. And... About a year later, I got I got this like pat like little kind of patch of freckles where I have no other freckles mm. like just over the site of this injury, and I thought, well, that's probably something that's worth like just going and getting checked out. Yeah, and yeah. this and so I go to see this doctor. The doctor says like, no, I don't know what that is, and so refers me to a dermatologist. The dermatologist also says, no, I don't know what that is, and and I explained that it was over the site of this like quite like dramatic injury, and I mm. asked whether like it was a possibility that like the skin reacts to there being kind of an injury just under it because that would make sense mm. and he said well that he said well that can happen like it can like interrupt melanin production but that only happens that only really happens with with black people and then he peers at me and says are you black and i said no i'm, <laughs> I'm not mm. no I'm, I'm not and then he goes hmm, and kind of look, starts looking through his notes and then he goes oh uh, uh, uh. So it says it says here that you're half Indian. And I said, yeah, no, I am. And he's and I said, oh, do, do Indian people get that as well? And he just went, no. And I was like, okay, so why did you bring it up? Stop. <laughs> and he Sorry, just do said, you just, your head? He just said, just keep an eye on it. Oh. And if it is anything, then it'll change. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and if you die, let and us know. And if you if you die, then give it. Then give us a call. We'll add you to the textbooks of uh, amazing. The only non-black person who has had this skin reaction to an injury. Oh. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, hearing someone's going, no, I don't know what that is, and I'm like. It's your job to know what this is. Tell me what it is. Sounds like it's yeah. pretty easy to be a doctor is what it sounds like to me. You went to a school for yeah. a long time you, to tell you, me what this is. You, you, you have your have patient that. come in. They tell you the problem. You uh, you do race detection on them. and then <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. I was subjected to race science by a doctor who didn't even help me. <laughs> race detection was another punk band. I don't mind being categorized as long as there's some kind of treatment yeah. forthcoming. Oh yeah, no, I had I had that when I had what turned out to be that really benign STI, and the doctors were all baffled by it because it's it's benign enough that they don't bother to test for oh, it. Oh, what the one the one that the only reason that I'd like I even like told you to get tested for it because it's like the only time I've ever heard of it was in like Martin Amos novels. Well, that isn't even what what happened was that the the girl I was seeing at the time did did like a kind of blanket like a self test thing mm. and it came up on that. But if you do like a regular clinic STI test, they don't test for it yeah. in this country. No, and then no, it came up and then, so then so we googled it and we were both like, "Huh." Yeah. This uh, yeah, is, like yeah. I said, it's like a kind of. And then it said it's <laughs> the most common STI, and we're like, "Why what? don't you like, test for it?" Yeah, <laughs> that, that seems insane. Unless you've read a lot of Martin Amos, you'd never even have heard of it. Yeah, that's mm. right. That's the only people who have the doctors. They and haven't Martin read Martin Amos. Amos. It's yeah. the it's the Martin Amos syndrome. Yeah, he invented it. He was the first guy who got it. Yeah. 
Anyway, it's called syphilis. Um, <laughs> check it out. Um, <laughs> Legally, Martin Amos does not have syphilis. <laughs> yeah, but medically he does. <laughs> medically. <laughs> medically and spiritually. <laughs> spiritually. I like the idea that syphilis is so prevalent in the UK that they just don't bother testing for it anymore. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah like, like, it's got spiritual syphilis. It's, 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 like it's, how it's in no Russia longer a disease. It's, it's like part of uh, the, like British evolution. We have herd like, immunity at this stage. Yeah, the, the Russian for <laughs> mentally. You, have it, you can't get it. Huh? Mm, Russian for mentally mm. ill is like ill in the soul. That's very Russian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I've got syphilis of the soul. Um, yeah. Uh, in Jerry's apartment, Kramer's explaining he got mugged while running through Central Park to take a shit, which is that's truly my worst nightmare. Getting yeah. mugged while you're in desperate need of a shit. You just have to be like, come on, man. Yeah. Not now. But surely might, that's when we shit on them. quicker. You might just be like, there would be no right, hesitation. No, Stay back. Yeah, yeah surely. Because like, apparently, if like someone like physically attacks you, your best bet is shitting yourself. Because very few people can stand the smell. Yeah, like a squid. Like oh. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like exactly. Like yeah. shooting out like warning yeah. ink, except yeah. it's your shit. It's yeah, just, you should yeah. start erotically inveigling them in your tentacles, yeah. which for most people would alarm them. I hope you're not being mugged by Kurt Eichenwald. <laughs> a deep cut. <laughs> yeah. In general, you just hope that. Yeah. Um, Long-term listeners will notice that Milo has uh, been branching out into topical comedy. That's right. That was um, an example right there. Elaine arrives. Kramer says he's now missed his chance to shit and he's constipated. Is that a thing? Uh, uh, does it? it can be a thing where like, it's then harder. You still need to shit, but it's harder if you mm-hmm. leave it too long. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't... I've never experienced that, but I've heard oh, tell. Okay. You've heard tell? I've heard it's tell. It's written in the scripture. <laughs> it is. And they the start talking text. about the, that's what's in the Dead Sea Scrolls. A few people know this. Yeah. Um, the Dead Sea Scrolls are actually like um, perforated in, in, in <laughs> yeah. increments to be used in an emergency. Correct. Yeah. That uh, would be really funny if some ancient, ancient text was just an, a shitting instruction manual that also doubled as toilet paper. <laughs> Single-use instructions. Yeah. <laughs> it's like emergency only. It's like a UN food ration, you yeah. know? It's like everything in one package. Yeah. <laughs> Dropped on your head by a plane. I used to joke that those, um, you know, in in Spain, in, like, tourist areas, they, they used to sell those, like, wooden spoons with, like, dried pasta stuck to them with, like, the name <laughs> of the place written on it as, like, a souvenir. It's like, that basically functions as an emergency food ration. Like, you boil some water, you, you drop the spoon, spoon in, in it, and then you yeah. use it to stir the pasta. Yeah. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, then there's all this stuff about oh you might have to use the dreaded apparatus, and he says that he's not going to do any inserting in that area. And I think that this is a failure of the writers because if anybody on this show is a peg enthusiast, mm. then it is surely Kramer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I felt like why, that why, was why, why would he? Why would he object to any insertion? I think that mm. I think that suggests that he a, a level of prudery which is not backed up by what we know about his character. Yeah, Kramer is a free spirit, you know. Yeah, yeah. What I do find surprising about it is that they're all just familiar with the idea of being so constipated that you need to like do your, do a colonic irrigation on yourself. Is yeah, that, what, yeah, that is was kind of like, weird to me. What, they, like, what I, they mean? They don't mean like an anal douche. Well, it's what he ends up doing. Do you see what he did? He has, he's got like a fucking hot water bottle with a hose coming out of it. Yeah, he's, it's an uh, enema bag. That's what an anal yeah. douche is. Yeah, but a douche is like a smaller thing, like a little, like a little squeezy, like a bulb, uh, squeezy, a bulb, yeah. a squeezy, a bulb of fluid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little, you know. Like a like a squeezy syringe. It's not like a fucking. Yeah, he's doing yeah. a high colonic, is what he's doing. He's, he's doing like a kind of. High, I think it's more like a kind of home enema. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. The henema. There you go. The henema. Henema. The henema. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you go to the house of someone who hates you, then that's you're in enemy territory, and that's an enemy enema. But an enema. <laughs> an enema. But if you stay in your own house, then it's a hemendemina. Yeah. Yeah. If you do an enema to someone else by mistake, that's manslenema. <laughs> Whereas hemendema is when it's deliberate. <laughs> you can be charged with assisting and encouraging an enema. That's right. Conspiracy yeah, to yeah. commit hemendema. Conspiracy to enema. Yeah. yeah. Assisted to enema. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. There um, isn't there is an enema clinic in, in Switzerland. Yeah. They love That's that right. shit though. Dignitas. West. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Um at, again. They're at a re- they're at a restaurant. Uh it's Jerry and the actress playing Elaine. Uh Jerry's winding her up about what Elaine's like because she's trying to research the character. Gaslit Jerry. Yeah. Um and uh She's like, I want to experience everything, and he's like, everything. Mm. Um, and then he's he's like, what does she like? What does she do during sex? And he's like, oh, she really likes talking during sex. You know, just about a day. Chit chat, movies. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, that sounds probably quite accurate. I could imagine her doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. To be honest, I've had a lot of sex like that. <laughs> Where you just chatted. You know, when you just kind of, when you just get along with someone, so you just kind of you're having a bit of a laugh. You know, it's not like a deadly serious matter. You're having a bit of a laugh. Well, like, check out these jokes about enemas. I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love cracking <laughs> wise. So you're having, having a bit of a laugh. Oh, you know, what a lot. A knees up. What do you mean by In having a bit of one. a laugh? So it's like, what? Here comes trouble. Oi, oi. Oh, they'll let anyone in here now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a knees up? Uh, a knees- when- yeah. What's a diesel? Oh, uh, it's uh, <laughs> a woman taking her bra off, and you're going like, "And who are these fellas?" It, have you never heard the expression "knees up"? No, I mean I've heard. No, I haven't. I don't, a knees up is a kind of not I only British expression, but a deeply like southeast Britain expression. I think having a bit of a knees up, very Cockney. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. And it, it like it's quite kind of it's quite arcane. Like I don't think people really say. So I say my grandmother up. would absolutely say yeah, it. Yeah, like my gra- like my grandparents called things knees up. It yeah. means like it means like an event which is like like rowdier than a gathering, mm. but not quite a party. Okay, okay, okay. So yeah. you're getting well, a it could well. be a full-on party. I, I do. Think. Yeah, but it I implies do. I do. Yeah, it implies a function. It implies <laughs> it implies a degree of um conviviality yeah. going out and to the music done. hall for yeah, a that's knees a, up. that's a knees up had yeah. a right old knees up for my birthday yeah we're watching bruce forsyth do an impression of vera lynn it was a okay, real knees up me Is and the- three friends watching uh predator and drinking bang energy drinking vodka is that a knees up no that's no that is not that is so categorically not a knees up <laughs> that's like a knees down knees down all right yeah. down. it's not it's not a knees up is in fact um, is knees up? Is like is knees up the etymology from knees up Mother Brown, or is that the or is oh, it the, the other way around? Song. Famous song, knees up Mother mm. Brown. Yeah, I think I think that knees up Mother Brown is actually the theme song of Mrs. Brown's Boys. Is it? No, no. I'd I'd believe that. Yeah, we used to have to sing knees up Mother Brown at school. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's technically a religious observance. <laughs> singing knees up. Well, Mother because Brown. we didn't, because um, because I went because I went to school, went to primary school in North London, so we did not do we categorically mm. did not do hymns. Mm. So we only did hers. Yeah, that's right. 
the days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what? So what we did instead? We had this like kind of like songbook mm. uh, that we used to sing in assemblies among, with songs mm. like "Knees Up, Mother Brown," um, "Right Said Fred," various Beatles songs. Right Said Fred. Yeah. Mm. It's kind of a, a version of Head Shoulders. Green knees sleeves. Ah, green sleeves, uh, classic. Yeah, mm. green sleeves was like an ultra banger as far as I was oh, concerned huge. when I was 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely love huge, yeah. huge, mm. huge beats. How, how do you feel about uh, Pop Goes the Weasel? Love Pop Goes the Weasel. Mm, classic, Bur- yeah. Burr, Jaka, you know? Yeah, but but yeah, they really, really liked the kind of the ultra violent ones like, yeah, like Knees Up Mother Brown mm. and Right Said Fred, which is about someone dying after trying to move a piece of furniture. But there you go. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> English schools. <laughs> yeah, um, but basically, a four-part investigative series. Uh, yeah, this girl is like, "Call me Elaine," and then she's like, "How does Elaine kiss?" And then like, he explains it to her, and then she like makes out with him. He's like, "I think you got it." Um, is he explaining how Elaine kisses, or is he describing how he wants to be kissed, and so is getting her to do it? I think, I, that's kink. That's what I got because he's like, he's like, yeah. swirl your tongue around. Yeah, she's kind of got this thing where she's well, yeah. Elaine Jerry's calls me nasty. a dirty little boy and puts me on this leash and drags me around. <laughs> Makes me dress up in a warthog costume. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Jerry's a furry. That's the new. Um, and then the cafe Kramer's explaining to, uh, scare quotes Kramer, uh, how he eats spaghetti with just a fork. He's like, sex, I like to be on the bottom, let them do the work. Yeah, I sorry, I want to intervene in that. Kramer Eating spaghetti with just a, f- a fork. That's not a quirk. That is the correct way to eat spaghetti. Any other way is like, is, is savagery. Doing it with a knife is savagery. Doing it with the spoon as well. Well, isn't the spoon not. correct? Jail, no. Who eats spaghetti with a knife? Oh, I do who's, that. Animals. Who's doing that? You're cutting up the spaghetti. Cutting it's it up what, into smaller, it's, it's into smaller pieces. It's what distinguishes so it's us from to... the beasts of the field. Yeah. I yeah I cut, I don't cut it up very small but I do just cut it into more manageable lengths. I think manageable why lengths. why are we kidding you ourselves? You twirl it round the fork. Yeah, but it's too long. It's, it's, it's too long. It's too long. Who are these people? It's too long. Well, it's gonna do it for that long. Maybe spaghetti's not for you. Maybe you want to maybe want to eat a nice bucatini or some rigatoni or some penne. The Italians have got ideas above their station. Maybe you should have something a little bit more manageable, like a little troffier. Oh, you give me your Milo. I can't manage. In the same way that like there are some foods that it makes sense to eat with chopsticks, such as sushi. But other things like rice, it's simply mad to eat with chopsticks. And you other implements are much more. You can, but it's much harder than eating it with a spoon or a fork. It's, There's no practical reason to do so. It helps you pace yourself. You take one single grain of rice at a time. Oh, <laughs> I see. Yeah, mouth, yeah, yeah. You know? mm. You're doing like a diet diet practice there. Yeah. And I use a really small plate. Um, and I just, I just think I'm not going to listen to the Italians about how we should eat spaghetti. I don't care. Death of the author. What the Italians <laughs> intended for us to do with it is no longer relevant. Terry Eagleton is done with the Italians. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. I'm in the Eagleton camp on You're this. You're in the Eagleton camp, are That's you? That's right, yeah. I'm, 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 putting, I'm in the eagle's nest. Wait, no. <laughs> I'm putting Where chopped, are eagles there? I'm putting chopped ham into a jar of um, uh, tomato paste and uh, heating it up on the stove and calling it bolognese. That's right. That is right. Terry, Terry so as far Eagleton, as I'm concerned, that is a bolognese. Terry Eagleton, completely unaware of the connotations, referring to his house as the eagle's nest and then receiving thousands of comments online. Can you at least promise me you will never come in my house and cut up spaghetti with a knife and fork like a child? 
No, but you're imagining me cutting it up into like small pieces. That's not what I'm doing. I'm only cutting the spaghetti into like a slightly more manageable length. I'm not like fucking just completely sandwiching. I've seen you, I've seen you, you like eat half, spaghetti. Half, you half don't. Length. You don't use a knife. I've not seen you. I'll do, do. I'll do some twirling. Well, sometimes if the spoon is what's given, I'll just use the spoon and use the side of the spoon to just slightly. No, see that. That is the my worst. Oh, I see. That is my worst. That's what I think. I call that being resourceful. No, that's what I think should be punishable by by imprisonment. Lengthy imprisonment. <laughs> by a lengthy imprisonment, yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd have to go to Italian prison. Yeah. Mm. And like and like they they can't get the paperwork straight in the door, so you end up like being sent <laughs> down for like 50 years. Mm. Yeah. But They're just constantly just, like mixing up all the crimes. So like murderers are getting like two weeks and spaghetti villains are getting 50 years. Spaghetti villains. No, that's actually <laughs> the intent of the Italian legal system. They believe yeah. that that's a much it's more serious. Fa- yeah, but, uh, it, food it, crimes. You know what? Like there are probably reasons that like, like if you're like killing someone out of self-defense or you're defending someone you care about, or you're like killing someone who really needs killing, that's probably mm. fine. But there's no excuse for crimes against spaghetti it's, it's good that um mm. that canada the uk and the us does not have a uh, food crimes extradition treaty with italy because <laughs> it should do it's the only extradition treaty i think actually makes proper sense i'm gonna imagine i'm imagining an italian interpol but just for food crimes yeah <laughs> Extraordinary rendition, but just for pasta. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. It's yeah, the only, right. again, only time that I think it's fine. I think you should be hustled onto a, onto a helicopter yeah. by some furious Italians. Extraordinario <laughs> rendizio. Exactly. That's how you say it in Italian. <laughs> Abrundisi. <laughs> Abrundisi. Abrundisi. See. Yeah, that's right. Sì, grazie. Uh, mm, yeah. Um, Prego, where they're just, they're just making you eat too much spaghetti. Yeah. There's no such thing as too much spaghetti. <laughs> mm. That's what you have to say to get out of it. Not to a warthog like me. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> Kramer orders some bran flakes. Says, I've got a big problem here. Um, the actor playing Kramer is not interested in what Kramer has to say. He's like, I'm going to just play it how I think. Elaine, meanwhile, is asked for a job as a waitress because she's trying to prove that they're prejudiced against small-breasted women. Mm-hmm. First of all, like, Elaine no. is not especially small-breasted. She's just not as, like, she just doesn't have mm-hmm. stuff shoved down her bra like the actresses playing the waitresses mm. do yeah it's, it's stupid it's a stupid plot yeah like I, all like all greeks do uh, with the stolen items is the guy supposed <laughs> to be greek the cafe owner i, I think know. the cafe owner is supposed to be greek yeah i think they've, they've got bits of plates shoved in their bra <laughs> <laughs> emergency little plates emergency plates yeah well, it's because when you take a Greek woman's bra off, you have to break plates to celebrate. So mm-hmm. the, the idea is that they just fall out and shatter on the floor. Okay. <laughs> now I'm thinking about Greeks being extradited to Turkey for uh, food appropriation crimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Stirring the coffee with a fork. Mm-hmm. That's a kind, that kind of, of like breast viewing celebration. Mm, yeah. Playing backgammon in a homosexual way. Things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I see. Um, yeah, allowing women <laughs> to speak. These are all <laughs> crimes. Um, yeah, it's stupid. Did, did, yeah. Have we covered the uh, bit about the guy who plays Kramer stealing the raisins from... Uh, I think we skipped over that. Oh, but, yeah, that, that, yeah, I missed that when I was watching it, but not, it comes like, up later in yeah, the episode. Yeah, it comes yeah. up later, and it's, it's... Jerry and George are convinced that the guy who is playing Kramer has stolen a box of raisins from the casting, mm. and... Jerry thinks it's strange, but he lets it go. Costanza can't let it go, and it, it leads and it leads to he and he and uh, Tom Pepper, for that is his name, mm. having not a dust up. 
Maybe just a little a set too. Light, light yeah. confrontation. A knee, yeah, a little a knees down. A, a, a knees down. Mine, a mm. minor hoo ha. Yeah. It's not a kerfuffle. A hee hoo. It's not a kerfuffle. It's not a kerfuffle. Mm. Maybe a little bit of a ding dong. Yeah, it, potentially it, a small ding dong. Could it be an argy What? What is going on here? A ding dong? Argy bargy. An argy bargy is the most confrontational thing on the menu at an Indian restaurant. That's right. Yeah. That's correct. Uh, an argy bargy is a very, a very uh, tense confrontation you have with a deep fried South American. It's a very tense confrontation you have about the Falklands. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's a food stuff that was deep fried to commemorate our victory in the Falklands <laughs> War. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. Okay, uh, Elaine goes to the like New York uh, State like Employment Commission to complain about this. Yeah, and they promise to investigate, and then they yeah. don't investigate. Like again, like it, this feels very kind of like well, oh, the difference between men and women, eh? Which doesn't seem very. Mm. I don't know. It seems a little simple-minded for the. I, mm. I suppose like if you've got like because they because they definitely simple minds were still big then. True. Yeah. Simple minds were massive. And don't you forget about that. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, so don't you. Don't you. Forget about don't that. Don't you forget <laughs> about the simple minds. D- d- don't you forget about me. Very self-censored. Who, who, who ironically uh, were not simple minded at all. Why don't you do something worth remembering, mate? Okay. Why don't you write a good album? I, like, I quite like the simple minds. I think they're quite good. Oh, yeah, no, I think they're all right. Yeah. What's interesting about simple minds is like early simple minds, extremely different from like. Oh, yeah. Very weird. Just sound like a, a rock post, band, like almost post-punk, post-punky. Yeah. Hmm. There you go. Then they get into all this kind of, you know, uh, synths and Morrissey noises, things of that nature. Um, soundtracking activity. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like this. Yeah, they they start doing Doctor Who noises. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, and then we're at the rehearsal for the for the pilot. Um, uh, the the Ursats. Uh, Kramer and George are having an argument with real Jerry about Hagen dazs <laughs> um, and then uh, and then George brings up the raisin theft with the guy. Is it Ursets not- George Jeremy Piven? Is that? Oh my god! It is right. Like I'm not. I'm not yeah, crazy. Could, yeah, it's Jeremy Piven from Entourage, right? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It is, but young. Yes. Shit. And bald. Young Piven. Young, young Piven. Piven. Young Piven. My favorite sound. Y U N, yeah. Y U N G. Sorry, Y U N. Young Kevin. Y U N. Yeah. Um, then the the uh, the NBC execs are bitching about Jerry and George. They're like Seinfeld can't act. Um, Jerry and Fake Elaine also, are having Reese's, a conversation. Also, like Rita at one point says, "Man, talk about a show about nothing." Which again, like imagine putting that as a line in your show. It's just you know what it is. It's a it's a very clever. It's a very clever. Yeah. But also, it's it's a very clever writing. Yeah, um, yeah. Jerry and Fake Elaine are having this conversation. This is my she's... new character. Do you like it? Yeah, I love it. It's a very yeah. clever writing. It's, it's me, the Italian for the police. The Italian sitcom They say, "Hey, Gab, include the spaghetti police," but you don't want to live in a world with no spaghetti police, okay? Polizia, Cabinieri, Cabinieri di pasta, di spaghetti, guarda di spaghetti, carbonara ieri. What it is. Yeah! Oh, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. The Carabinara. <laughs> they have white helmets with like a picture of like a penne quill on the front. Yeah, you yeah, must have used the, the raw egg. <laughs> yeah, 
That's right. Yeah. You turn it off for eat, otherwise you get a scrambled egg. Freeze um, spaghetti police. No. He's not he's not pancetta, he's guanciale. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. To protect and guanciale. Law and order EVO. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we need. Um yeah, the fake Elaine is like pretending that they're breaking up and then Jerry's like, Okay. Um George, George is still asking the guy about the raisins. The guy's like, how about you just keep away from me? And George is like, sure, we can do that. Um, also, George is trying to direct the show. and He's trying to tell them yeah. how to say their lines. And the he actor, is right. Yeah, he is right. He's and correct. also the actors are being very precious. So I am pro And Costanza. none of them can act either. No. Um, no. Uh, Dalrymple's calling Elaine from a payphone on set. He's very frantic. He's like, what can I do? I can't go on like this. Um, a guy, like a runner, bumps into him, and she he also buys him. she tells him that the problem is like she just she's obviously trying to kind of like come up with an excuse. Yeah. So she tells him that the problem as, is as that women she d- often are. Well, like if someone's being weird, you've got to say something. Mm. Like I think that's fine. I think it's fine yeah. to come up with an excuse. Yeah. Like my most great people- aunt Mildred's gone to spaghetti prison. <laughs> I have to go over there and bail her out. <laughs> Have to go over there and with a bunch of pictures which prove that she eats spaghetti correctly. La carcera di spaghetti. <laughs> See? Yeah, that's all right. Um God, I've lost the thread of what I was saying. Oh yeah, so she so she comes up with the with the excuse that she doesn't like she doesn't like TV and it's his job and it's his whole world and it's his whole existence and therefore they can't possibly have a future and mm. this gets Russell thinking about the um, about like kind of the vapidness of his working mm-hmm. life, and he has an existential crisis about it. The meaninglessness. Yeah. And yeah, she, yeah, she's like, yeah, she's, like she's, she's, she says nothing. if you were like if you were like in Greenpeace or something, then maybe I'd consider it. Mm-hmm. But she's obviously foolish thinking, statement, deeply foolish. Statement. But she's obviously thinking of like something which is completely impossible to happen. Mm. She's not like coming up with a suggestion for what he could do to win her. No. But there's few there's few guys less fuckable than the Greenpeace guys. You imagine? No, that's absolutely not true. There is, <laughs> like, particularly like like eighties and nineties Greenpeace guys. They're like mm. out on the seas, like fighting the whalers. That's yeah. hot. But you know, it smell crazy in there. It yeah, do. but yeah. you know, like they're gonna get pretty damp because of the seawater, the sea spray. Fighting, fighting the whalers. No, 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 no. The, uh, their like... imperialist quest to deny Japanese people their cultural <laughs> rights. No, 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 like the kind of proper, like, m- like militant environment guys. Hot. No, no. No, it's the wimp. It's the. As somebody it's who the... lived in a squat in the late 90s, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say. Those people are, yeah. yeah I mean, maybe one or two of they them. Weren't out, yeah, like, they weren't out. They were hot. Then fighting. you got to fucking talk to them, you know. At some point, oof, yikes! Mm. No yeah. thanks. No, I, yeah, I think I, I think that you have a very imperfect view of what most men are like. Look, I'm not saying that most men are any good. We all know that that's not the case. I'm not. I'm not here. At least to defend someone men as a genre. who's like. Who's like physically sabotaging a whaling ship is gonna be like? <laughs> I'm just looking for a guy who. I'm me yeah, and who? All I want. <laughs> then I want like a guy at least to he's got something. At least he's got something more to say for but, himself uh, okay. than like someone who works in sabotaging marketing. Sabotaging the whaling ship or disabling logging equipment is like just a. You gotta that's think. Hot. Long, okay, that's that cha- is. That's, 
That's it, Chad behavior. That is Chad behavior, but you got to think. Oh, what about let him destroy my bilge pump? What is it? What is his entire? Uh, what is it? What is the entirety of his life look like? I mean, that's just a small slice of it. And what mm. you're going to experience is stories about that, and then um, him making you the most repellent lentil soup and never doing the dishes. Mm. You know? How do you know he never does the dishes? Because I lived with him. He never did the dishes. They abandoned the chore wheel almost immediately. Oh, they got all the time in the world to put they sugar. They sabotaged the sink. But maybe if the connection had been romantic, then they um, that they would have been more uh, more considerate in that way. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I failed. We've I failed to questions. consider that. Um, I don't know why I'm arguing so hard for these for these for these guys who I don't know and who we you all, live with. We all have a fantasy you man, with. you know. Um, it, well, I, this not even it's not even particularly my fancy yeah. man. It's just it's like obviously hotter than what Russell is at the moment. Potentially, um, we cut to the apartment. Kramer still hasn't shit. Jerry's Jerry's like maybe I have to use the apparatus. Uh, Elaine uh, Elaine announces that uh, she's reported this cafe to the employment board. And that she wants to avoid attending the pilot filming because of Russell. Mm-hmm. We then cut to the pilot filming. We get this kind of like montage, which includes um, the fake Kramer eating raisins. Yeah. Also, Kramer doesn't go to the doesn't go to the taping because he wants to stay home in case he can take a shit. Like he's, mm. he's using the apparatus. This is mm. this is another good example of like his closest friends just not being that interested in his in his professional milestones mm. because like by any metric him getting his tv oh, yeah. show made is like if you're it's having kind of a big deal if you're yeah. having a shitting emergency nothing takes precedence over that that's true there are a few because you cannot it, it's a it's a situation of you've got to put on your own mask before helping others with theirs if you're in a position of kind of like um like shit disaster you, have you to can't shit. be of use to anyone you, you need to, to sort your that own out. pants yeah. before you can shit anyone <laughs> else's yeah. Yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> i see listen buddy <laughs> yeah there are, yeah there are a few more things the things that are worse in the world than having some kind of shitting emergency on the clock like when you're like, yeah. I need to like leave here in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, this just ain't, you know, that, that's a real, that's what, that's what separates the men from the boys. Or, you know, or if of. you have to say play a show uh, at a mm. uh, bar in Hong Kong and you went to the wet market the night before um, uh-huh. and you were like, yeah, I'll try the Mantis, <laughs> Mantis prawns. That sounds great. When you're um, on tour in Wuhan. And yeah. You- <laughs> Actually, many, many. I have experienced many such cases. Uh, the year mm-hmm. 2019. <laughs> yeah, the man, awesome. Dan Beckner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dan Wet Market Beckner. That's what they call them. Yeah, you were trying to do the Ozzy Osbourne thing on stage, and it really yeah. backfired. Um, uh, yeah. Now, did I imagine this, or does Elaine show up to the pilot filming in a wig in the she audience? She does, and there's a uh, and pretends that she didn't. No, she doesn't pretend that she didn't. She's done it so that she can avoid Russell. Mm. Um, and there's a, like a cute little joke about what a te- what like a rubbish disguise her just having mm. a, wi- a wig is, which is that she runs into someone with whom she went to summer camp as a kid, mm. and he says, "You haven't changed a bit." Mm. And there's just like it's just I really like that as a cute little kind of why is this, like why is this a good disguise? This is a terrible disguise. Mm. It's a ni- It's nice to put that joke in yeah. there, and I appreciate it. In fact. I think that it is a very, very subtle deep cut nod to Jerry's fixation on Superman. Mm. Because Superman loves a wig. First of all, Superman wears a wig because he's completely hairless. Because he's an alien and aliens Mm. don't have hair. So I feel like that's something. I feel like that's table stakes at this point. 
No, there's like the long running joke about like how, like, why does no one, why can no one tell that Clark Kent is Superman? All he does is put his glasses on. He doesn't look that different. Why does Lois Lane keep meeting Superman and not be like, yeah, Clark, you're just not wearing your glasses. Mm. I think, I think that's what it is. That's what I've decided. I, this is, this is what it says in my marginalia. Once women have decided you're a loser nerd, they'll never see you as a sexual prospect. I do like the idea and that Superman, Superman understands is <laughs> Once you get the ick from Superman. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> what are your biggest icks? Well, I found out Superman was actually like an accountant in his spare time. And I was like, oh, gross. It's not very chat. He's not an accountant, is he? Doesn't he? Isn't he a journalist? Oh yeah, he's a journalist. Yeah, he wears glasses. Yeah, a journalist. Worse. That's even worse. Yeah, don't, even make, to be fair. don't even make any money. I found an out he was a, makes money. I found out he was a shill. A then, shill. Um, yeah. A um, shill for the Murdoch press. That's right. I found out he works for the Sun, and I'm putting a little asterisk instead of the U. He writes for Vice um, magazine. He's embedded oh, right yeah. now. He he writes. Yeah, I, I love it when people put the asterisk in the Sun. It's like that they're not gonna. Like, the person who runs the Sun, like, the main Sun Twitter account isn't name-searching for people slagging off the Sun. Wait, yeah, they'd have okay. a long day. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just figuring, so people people write S asterisk N, and, and yeah. like, as if they would yeah. be piled on. As, as if, yeah, exactly. As if someone's going to show up in their ads just being like, oh, oh sorry, man. is this about me? Because... Wow. I'm imagining Canadians writing National Post with an asterisk or the Globe and Mail or the Calgary Herald. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we are a cucked nation. Yeah, that's the sort of thing The Guardian would do. Different energy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, George gets his test results over the phone. They tell him it's negative. And he's like, negative? Oh, God. And he's like, oh, negative's good. Oh, okay. Um, Joe DeVola's in the audience. George is speaking to the Kramer guy about the um, the raisins again. He's like, look, we're a team. Life's too short. He's like, you took the raisins, you didn't take the raisins. Who cares? One day you want to come into my office, talk to me about the raisins. Why not? He's like, how about I rip out your heart and shove it down your throat? Seems like an overreaction. It is yeah. an overreaction. But the Kramer guy, the air sets, Kramer has kind of a, the hitchhiker in Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibes as played by like Harry Dean Stanton. Like, I, I, I like that. He, he, ha- he does have Harry Dean Stanton vibes. That's mm-hmm. very, that's. Yeah. That's perceptive. Oh, so you've got a problem with hitchhikers now just because they're trying to do something good for the environment, like carpool. <laughs> just because of one little chainsaw massacre. <laughs> Objecting to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre only on the grounds that it's a petrol chainsaw. <laughs> yeah. Why couldn't he use a hand-cranked one? Um, and, uh, yeah, someone, that's right. It's in his wrist. Yeah, the guy. Okay. That's right. The guy announced. Yeah, he's a small, small bean. Um, guy announcing the pilot is like, "Do we all know what a pilot is?" And some guy in the audience yells out, "Yeah, he flies the plane." Put him on stage. That's it. Yeah, get that guy good, up there. Good stuff. Um, J- Jerry knows a lot about pilots. Um, Kramer, meanwhile, is yeah, because he hates and fears <laughs> them. He's learnt loads yeah. because you have to know your enemy so that you know how to protect your yourself. Enemy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Kramer's hanging up his hermenema. Her his hermenema. Yeah. Uh, Jerry's announcing the pilot. Joe Devola leaps out at him and yells, Six Semper Tyrannus. Yeah, he um, does. And then, and then we cut to Jerry's apartment. Um, Which they then mistranslate. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah I know that it, like, I know colloquially it means, it, it means what they say it does, but it doesn't, that's not the translation. Yeah, I guess I, I pronounce it like thus always to tyrants. Yeah, it's thus always yeah. to tyrants, but yeah. um, they say it means death to tyrants, which it doesn't. That's always the tyrants. Uh, my, my respect, and please bit, don't hurt me. A little, <laughs> little bit of subtlety and nuance, please, mm. with your translations. Yeah. Little bit. Like Lucretius would have wanted, mm. fuck him. I'm yeah. glad he's dead. And like, that's what John Wilkes Booth said. That's always the worms. Um, you know? 
Yeah. That's always the worms. Elaine's talking about how Russell's gone crazy. Kramer's finally had a shit, so he's happy. I'm not really glad that um, Lucretius is dead. I'm sure he was yeah. a nice guy. Yeah, lovely fella. The oh, so you're glad yeah. that an Italian, a person of colour. <laughs> yeah, I take you know what? I take I take that I take that mm. back. Please don't haunt me, ghost of Lucretius. No. Well he wouldn't believe that he had a ghost. Yes, that's right. So that's right. Yeah. Um, wouldn't that be annoying if you were like properly, properly, a, no, no ghost, no ghost, no ghost. And then you like became a ghost. Wouldn't you be That'd like, be oh, for annoying. fuck's sake. Oh, I've got to carry this big chain around. Not all ghosts have a chain. No, just just the just the just the rap rock <laughs> ghost. Special class. Fred Durst will be like uh, will be like Marley. Yeah, only the Marleys. Mm, that's yeah. right. Marley uh, and me is actually a remake <laughs> of a Christmas Carol, <laughs> but from the ghost's perspective, and he's been visited by the old man. It's, uh, it's pretty <laughs> deep. The, mu- the music yeah. for the um, for the Jerry pilot is. Uh, is interesting because they replace like oh, the yeah. incessant slap bass. They're like they they flip it and then they make it incessant um, D- Yamaha DX7 electric guitar patch. Because I think this, yeah, it's kind of like a synthy sort of the slap bass on on the Seinfeld theme is is not a bass guitar. It's like a it's a DX it's a DX7. It's like a oh, really I didn't know patch. that. Yeah. So this sure. is why yeah. we got a musician on to talk about this um, episode. It was not at all arbitrary. And then uh, the Jerry pilot replaces that with the DX7 guitar patch. Just just Noodlin and Waylon mm. over top of it. And I thought that was good. It was nice. Interesting. It's like it's it's such a good impression of like of what of, like of, Hell of, of World what, Seinfeld would be like. No, not just that, but of what like a lot of network sitcom pilots are like. Like they get the kind of they get the kind of the parody absolutely like down mm. to a T. And yeah. like this is what I think is so like brave about it because it like it just mm. so lays them open to so many accusations. Yeah. Every single one they just and, bat away. And they've just made Jerry's hair slightly more absurd. Yeah. <laughs> which is great. Um I, I I I love the opening credits, which is just like the friends sitting in the audience laughing at Jerry's stand up. Oh yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah. just so good. And then we it's get so the good. yeah, we cut around to like all these characters that we've had in season four watching the pilot. Susan and and her lesbian girlfriend. Uh we've got it's, the, it's Alison the bubble that boy. she's watching it with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. George's well, whose name I'd forgotten yeah. and I was trying to cover for, but uh, you've, you've called me out. I have, yeah. <laughs> you've called, called me out on my ignorance. I'd like to see a notes up apology from you, Yeah, stat. That's right. Um and uh that yeah, we, we get we get some of the pilot, like the whole him being sent to be a butler thing. The fake Kramer's asking to borrow the butler, and he's like, "You can't just borrow a butler. He's my butler." Um, Elaine's had a date. I with think the butler. that butlers have transitive properties. I think if you tell a butler to do something, someone else to buttle, yeah, to buttle elsewhere, mm. then like that's part of their job description. It's your like, job to buttle. I'm like, I'm not, not like, to question. I'm not like defending exactly. Exactly. the. I'm not defending the social relation that is produced in the like butler yeah. butler employer. What, what do you call a person who has a butler? Uh, someone who's bottled upon. Uh, a a, a butley. The butley. A butley. Okay, so yeah. the butley. <laughs> hang on. In the, in the, in the arse universe, butler is arse Hitler and butley is arse Bruce Lee. Uh-huh. That's right. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. It's an arse who's really good at General Kung Fu. Robert Butley. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Rob Butley. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Rob Butley. Same guy. Yeah. Same guy, but that's what mm. his friends call him. Mm. Um yeah, so like you can borrow a butler. 
I think. Borrow a butler. That's an app now. Yeah. Borrow a butler. <laughs> butler, yeah, yeah no. Yeah. That's crucial. Yeah. I could see that. It's invented by Judith Butler. It's weird. It's a bit of a departure yeah, yeah, yeah. from her I know, usual... She was actually the inventor of the Batman. <laughs> it was slightly different. Um, her usual yeah. work. Um, yeah. And, uh, including Other people watching it include uh, Hot, Terry Hanson, Sidra, and Sal Bass. Yeah. They're hanging out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Who you still don't know for sure whether or not it's supposed to be Salman yeah. Rushdie. Yeah. Jerry, within the pilot, does a bit about you couldn't name a baby Jeeves. Mm-hmm. So kind of giving them too much nominative determinism. Yeah, um, Jerry finds out about nominative determinism. That that's the new I category. Think, I think Jeeves is supposed to be a bit. surname. Yeah, Jeeves is a surname. So Jerry's completely misunderstood that. What's Jeeves' first name though? Mr. Greg. Greg Jeeves. <laughs> Gregory. Greg Jeeves. <laughs> yeah. Chris. His name first name is Pruder. <laughs> Christopher Jeeves. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, good. yeah, very good. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. Um, Heavy. Who, yeah, who else is watching them? Oh, the Bubble Boy is watching them. Yeah, the Bubble Boy, great. Um, uh, what's her face? Uh, Mona? The, no, the, no, the, the, the English virgin, yeah. Not Daphne. Oh, I'm a virgin. Yeah. Oh, I'm from England. Uh, well, I don't know. He never came back. Yeah, yeah. The, and what's bizarre is this actress, this actress is English. Is English, yeah. And does the worst <laughs> English accent any of us have ever Marla. heard. Marla. Yeah. Marla. Marla. Marla, Sir Christopher the, mo- Marla. <laughs> the most anno- the most annoying mm. Marla and me. Yeah, there the we go. The ghost of Jane Leaves. That's right. Showing yeah. up, who is still in a relationship with John F. Kennedy Jr. That's right. Yeah. And she says, "Oh, he's horrible. He's horrible," because she can't let things go. Yeah. She should be in therapy. Why can't you get shot in the head like your father? <laughs> what did happen to John F. Kennedy Jr.? He died in a plane crash, right? Yeah, allegedly. Mm. Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. He was yeah, just I'll trying see to... what Gregory has to say about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was just he was always just trying to be the big bopper. That was the trouble with JFK Jr. Yeah. Here come the big bopper. Here oh Lord, he <laughs> come. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so they're all watching it. Um I like that. I like this little fan service. I like this little kind of oh, look at yeah, all the nice. characters that you've met before. Yeah. Oh, and it, it shows Jerry's parents watching it and his mum saying, how can anyone not like him? Which, again, I think is very mums. apt. Yeah, mums. Hashtag like mums. They buy you jumpers, they watch your stuff, you know. Yeah. Right. yeah. That's their um, job. That's the, whole, like, that's the whole job description. Of so the good. I'm not just saying that. They get a call from NBC, Russell Dalrymple's disappeared and the new executive is cancelling the show. And he's like, but it just went out. And she's like, goodbye, Jerry. Um, oh, she says, well, I only, just got, I only just got the job. Yeah, mm. I love it as well because, like, the whole of season four has been leading up to this point, And then they're just and like, you know what? Like, nope. We're not doing this anymore. Yeah. No, no. It's mm. over. You know what? Are you, are you like the storyline? Did you tough? Yeah. It's which is, done. Which is reinforced <laughs> by the final shot, I guess, which we'll get to. But the, uh, yeah. the script's yeah, just yeah. fucking floating in the ocean. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. um, it's perfect. Yeah. Elaine's like, I didn't know Russell had become this obsessed with me when they're like, yes, is your your fault. And then George is like, you're very charming. Um, we cut to Dalrymple on a Greenpeace raft <laughs> going after a whaling ship. And yeah. he's talking about Elaine. Bravely hot like Russell. Hot this Russell. is the, the, yeah. hot, the hot rebrand. Mm, yeah. That's right. Hot yeah. Dalrymple. Lentil Russell. Yeah, yep. just glistening with sea spray in our, in oh, our zodiac. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, that's right, baby. In the cafe, meanwhile, it's crowded because of the pilot, I presume. Everyone's no, it's heard crowded about because all of these men have heard of the big-titted waitresses. Oh. Uh, nothing to do with the pilot. Oh. But why would they have all heard about the big-titted waitresses? Because the men from the Employment Bureau have been spreading it around. 
Hey, got to check this out. I feel like that's not what you would do as the men for need. This is a this is a weird part of the story. Now, the whole point of it is that like even men who are supposed to claim about employment equality are still gross when it comes to titties. And also they have a big platform. Because like, of hey. the because of the confected big titty animus. Yeah, it's Greek it's Greek hooters. Utoy. <laughs> it's actually Utoy. Yeah, yeah, it's because, a rough breathing, yeah. yeah. Or, or, or off toys, that would be modern Greek. Yeah. <laughs> off tea. Yeah, Utoy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think good. it's really unfair that Off Toy has been trying to shut down the Macedonian version of uh, that restaurant, even though they invented <laughs> it. That's right, yeah. Um, and the that North chain's Macedonian. called Alexander the Great Tits. <laughs> that is right. That is right. Alex, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, Dan mm-hmm. liked that. You didn't like that. Yeah, I but did. Dan liked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what matters. That is right. I can that picture that. Right. I can picture what that restaurant looks like as yes. like as a part of the redevelopment of Scopia, Scopia 2014 project. Mm-hmm. It looks yeah, like works, uh, yeah, it looks mm-hmm. like a Moldovan casino, and there's Alexander on a horse pointing to uh, to a bunch of large-breasted Macedonian waitresses. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Alexander mm. the Great Tits. Love it. Mm. Um, or if you ask Dua Lipa, yeah. Grace are Albanian waitresses. That's right. Mm. Um, and uh, Elaine's like, you're not going to get away with this. I know your waitresses are all alike. And he's like, of course they're all alike. They're my daughters. Yeah. This also doesn't make any sense either because when, because the, when you the waitress says- You don't think a Greek man says, can have a bunch of large-breasted daughters? Well, no, I assume all Greek men have large-breasted daughters. Um, because that's what you smash the plates for. It's so God sends you. I think you mean large-breasted Turkish daughters. (laughs) (laughs) No, what doesn't make sense is that is that Elaine gets told by one of the waitresses that they're looking for a new girl, Mm -hmm. and then he looks at her and says, "Actually, I don't think I need anyone right now." So there has to be a reason behind that beyond, "Well, she's not my daughter," because otherwise the waitress wouldn't have said. We're looking for a new girl right now. And presumably the waitress isn't going to say, we're looking for a new girl and she has to be my sister. Yeah, my my dad's got to go and fuck my mum. That's a waste (laughs) of her time. And then wait a few years. Yeah. It's a a stupid subplot and Elaine deserves better. My dad's got to go and fuck a vampire woman so that (laughs) he can grow a daughter freakishly fast to work in. Oh, she should do the work of several waitresses though. She'd be so fast. Our five dollar patrons will recognise uh, that little uh, bit as something from Twilight's ep- um, episode five. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the, the Empire lights back. Um, <sighs> I hate that. So, uh, yeah, George is like, "Lovely girls they are too," and he's like, "I've got to look for a job now." And then Kramer's like, "Why don't you go work for Greenpeace?" Smash cut to Dalrymple drowning. In the ocean, yeah. and then the guys on the boat promising that they'll write to Elaine and tell her how cool he was. And yeah, and say, "Well, tell her what you did out there." And then just let the final shot, the sad little glasses. Why don't they just help him? The- they're in a they're in a boat, and he's in the because sea. Because they're single minded, Milo. Exactly. Like their attention on has to be on the whaling mm. ship. Anything else is just details. Uh, the only way to get at this woman is for you to die right now. If you survive, she won't give a shit. But this way, <laughs> yeah. you'll live on. Age will not weary dead you. Dudes. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm, yeah. We will remember him. Yeah. Dussel Rao Dimple. Dussel Dimple. Getting his name humiliatingly wrong on the on the memorial. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a really, it's a he really in, dark. He was in the trenches, Marianas, but the, still, like the the glasses floating on the wave. It's a I lot. love that he had the script with him for some reason. Yeah. he was so passionate about the show, Jerry, that he was. Like, I'm taking the script yeah, with me. Up green until piecing. this point, as far as he's concerned, this is like something that he's basically been landed with because he signed the contract. But these are the two fucking creeps who've been like perving on his 15 year old daughter. So mm. like, I don't know why why he suddenly gets like so invested. Hadn't been for that, he would never have met Elaine. So you know. that's true. Can say if it's good or not. Well, and then he wouldn't yeah. be dead. True. Yeah, yeah. so they also, killed again, him. Again, they killed him. These people yeah. collectively killed him. They are responsible for uh, the death. They, they made him into a hero. Russell they Darwin. killed this man and you're laughing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a dark it's a dark mm. finish for season 4. But we have finished season 4. And we close with a bit. And we do. Uh Jerry is saying men don't know what to do to attract women. That's why men do all that stuff, like climbing mountains. He's like, you know, when a guy get, gets back from space, he's like in a bar going like, hey, did you see me up there? Um, this is sort of true. I like it. I, I like the, uh, no yeah. one wants to build a bridge. It's really hard. And I, yeah, can, right. I can accept that. I'm yeah. very, I feel very lucky well, that as a, a woman, for, no, so one, trolls can live under it. no one expects me to build a bridge. Yeah. I, I think that's female privilege. Yeah. No bridge take, building. Take a load <laughs> off, Treagle. I'll handle this bridge. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. A, ma- a man stretching his coat across an entire river so that a woman yes. can walk over. Yes. Correct. Correct behavior. Mm, that is right. Mm. Yeah. Of all the hastily constructed bridges in the world, you had to walk into mine. <laughs> and then it's just, she's literally just a troll, like a troll, just going like. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. She's three goats. She's got some goats behind her. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. The three guys. <laughs> Getting that gussy. Oh. Uh, would you still love me if I was a goat? Now. Oh. What if I was the throat goat? That's, that's right. That's the, the throat goat, but it's actually a goat. But it's going to give you the best head of your life. Just be sure to present it with your penis on an open palm. I would like that to be what you greet George with when you see him later without any explanation or context. <laughs> She's the throat hog. <laughs> right, look. <laughs> It remains for Sony to thank Dan very much for joining us. Thank you so much, Dan. Thank you for having me. Uh, this has been great. Really, really enjoyed as, it. As always, yeah. always a pleasure. Always. Is there anything you'd like to plug to our loyal warthogs? Uh, hmm. Yeah. How about uh, the podcast that you edit, uh, Bottleman? Oh. The Bottleman oh, yeah. podcast. I do edit that. Uh, yeah. One episode, one I tasty episode a week. remove all of the slurs from. Yes. Thank you, Milo. All the, all the slurs against Italians that you're constantly using. Yeah, that's why our episodes on Italy are so short. So we... Uh... <laughs> it's just like one beep <laughs> the last 20 minutes. Exactly. <laughs> all so, you can leave in is pasta monger. That's uh, right, yeah. Bottleman or any of my various musical projects. That's, that's yeah. what I'm going to leave it at. Yeah. Yeah, do, yeah. do check those out. Oh, um, oh, and if you want to listen to me uh, talk about uh, Ozzy Osbourne's uh, bat-based NFT project, you can listen to Fortune Kit, where uh, Charles from E1 and Alex and I uh, dig up the stupidest stories about the music industry and talk about them. Amazing. Yeah. Ozzy Osbourne bat NFT is just such a cursed thought. Yeah, don't, don't. Aaron, I'm on the blockchain, Aaron. You, you laugh, but uh, you mm. should watch the minute-long promotional video for these bat NFTs, which he released several weeks ago and have been steadily declining in value ever since. Oh, okay. oh boy. Uh, they've made me into a fucking ape, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
um, yeah, so do do check that out. Yeah, yeah, and uh, do and do check out Dan's uh, fledgling music career. I think big things, big things ahead. <laughs> just trying. I'm just trying to check this out. Let's just branching out from podcasting. Oh, there we go. There we go. Yeah. There we go. There's more where that came from, listener. I'm trying to find a chord between G and C. C and a half. Yeah, that's I'm right. Abandoning right. a twelve-tone scale. Uh, and if you're listening to this, we have a Patreon. It's three dollars a month. You get a bonus episode every fortnight. Uh, more, more of this. And uh, there's also a five dollar tier where you get access to the Discord, and you get to get the monthly movie corner episodes and our now completed Twilight miniseries. Five episodes talking about the Twilight films with Australians. Twilight oh corner. wow. <laughs> Twilight yeah. Corner. Oh yeah. Um, uh, as as the guest for Twilight Four, Aidan Jones, who'd not seen any of the Twilight films before, said, "Not going to lie to you, if we weren't <laughs> such good friends, I would not have finished this fucking movie." <laughs> um, That's right. Fair enough. Yeah. So tune in to listen to Australians take psychic damage from some of the worst films ever made. <laughs> we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.